Welcome to the Media Mavens Podcast. This is the podcast where you'll find the latest and greatest trends, topics, and tribulations with industry leaders. And now, here is your host, the CEO of Access Entertainment and the Media Excellence Awards, the original media maven herself, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Access Entertainment and Media Maven Podcast and the Media Excellence Awards. And I'm here with my co-host today, Michelle Koshman, COO of AMB Publicity. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Sarah. Always good to hear your voice. How are you doing today? I am good. We were just chatting about shopping and retail, and there's yeah. nowhere to really go with our fabulous new shoes and clothes. But I think what, <laughs> which is what we all got to deal with as females. But what I'm obsessed with today, because I'm obsessed with our next guest on the show, we have known for a long time. So I want to bring her on board because she has been working super hard and done a tremendous job of bringing technology and retail together. And I think it's just going to be a great start to a day because let's just get started. I don't want to give too much away. Yeah. I want to introduce Shia Simmons. She's the CEO and founder of Looky Lou, who combines AI innovated with retail online. So Shia Lynn, welcome to Media Maven Podcast. Thank you for inviting me, Michelle and Sarah. I think I missed up our intro because I was too excited about talking retail because I haven't been shopping in forever. So it's a really good time for you to be on here, Shailen. And I know you've known each other. You've been from CMO, from the gaming side to connected car. You've been so into tech and such a tremendous influence to women in technology and innovation. And now you're working for your own company, for yourself, Looky Lou. So give us a little bit about what Looky Lou does and how you're innovating tech and retail while we're shopping online. Sure, not a problem. Yes, Sarah and I have known each other for quite a while. Back in the days when I was doing a lot of work as a CMO and sort of GM in the gaming business, online gaming business, and in connected cars and so forth. Yeah, so I've been spending the past few years actually trying to create a new AI that we've dubbed Lucy and basically teaching Lucy to think like the best single stylist that you've ever worked with, except that it's a stylist that literally feels like they know everything that you love, both conscious and unconsciously. So literally can tell you that, gosh, you know, you say you don't like yellow sometimes, but really you love lemon yellow in the summer. And so, because that's really the future to our mind is that personalization isn't just about filling out a form for, you know, either a a marketplace of stylists who you've never met and might be on a $15 an hour sort of schedule or literally just, you know, a a service where the AI typically thinks like a man because they're built by men, right? Lucy was a sort of a brainchild for me because I struggle with buying clothes all the time. I am not the fabulous, wonderful shopper like Sarah. (laughs) And so um, have always had this sort of challenge of finding things that would fit my rather straight up and down type of body. And so really always wanted to find that stylist that would basically know everything that I was thinking and bring it to me and show Mm. me what it is, right? And so I think that's sort of the dream desire of just about every woman I know. And so that's what we're building. The customization, I mean, and let's talk about a little bit of AI, because we all know artificial intelligence. We all think, you know, iRobots and, you know, human bots and everything, you know, they think for you, they talk to you, kind of like Siri, but... So like you said, like, like yellow does not look good on most people. I think it looks better on brunettes. But 
is this really a true AI intelligence that's built into Lukulu to talk to you and tell you what looks good, what doesn't look? It's kind of like the equivalent of a tech best friend that you can't really get pissed off because they're not a human and it's not a real friend. They tell you, you look terrible. <laughs> is there an outfit? Yeah, no, that's a, really, <laughs> that's a really good question. I mean, I you know. you mad. Right. Exactly. Well, so look, I mean, this is sort of an interesting experience, right? So if you talk about basically friends and as women, we really always ask those we love, actually more than 75% of us actually ask our friends, you know, our lovers, our husbands, our children, like, hey, how do I look? Now, mm-hmm. for those super close to you, like my husband, for example, he said there's really only one right answer, honey, that you always look good. Does not matter <laughs> how it looks like, it always looks good, right? Not the best answer that you can give. And in fact, part of the reason why we built out what we built out is that we understand there's a couple of things related to sort of artificial intelligence, which is all of us in technology use the word artificial intelligence very loosely. Right. But the reality is, is like a lot of what we're using today is machine learning. So it's a lot of understanding patterns and learning from those patterns and then being able to sort of continuously learn and for the machine learning to sort of keep fine tuning until they have a better and better understanding. Hmm. What's really sort of interesting here is that, you know, for something as subjective as what looks good, right? It's actually a much more complex question than we could ever think of because most of the technology today deals with a couple of different things. They deal with, have you found something that's in the right size? So if you look at FitMe or some of these companies, what they're trying to do is say, like, look, if you're a size seven for seven for humanities, then you're a size eight, you know, at the gap. And so if they can get you to the quote unquote right size, then you're set. It should yeah, but is set. that really true? Is that really intelligent? Well, because I could fit into like a size, like I'm a size 29 waist. So if I look at humanity or any of these genes, I could say I'm a certain size in this gene. But uh-huh. this is of humanity, maybe what that. But if I go to the same size in a different pair of genes, Mm-hmm. They, they're they too long, they're too big around the waist, or they're too tight, or they don't fit, because it's all about the cut and style. So, I mean, how close are you getting to true actualization with AI on that? Yeah, so that's exactly sort of our concern, which is that... Getting to the right size is one part of the equation. We think finding the right body shape is important. I'm a size eight. My best friend's a size eight. She's a pear shape. I have no shape. And so getting to a size eight, even if we're actually technically speaking, trying to get at the right quote unquote size, our body shape dictates actually what would look good or not look good. And this concept of basically, I would call a sort of validation of look, right, is also fairly crucial. And so those are just the three main pillars. And when we talk about validation of what looks good, 75 plus percent of us actually send selfies to our friends and our, you know, our sisters or our mothers and whoever to say, hey, should I buy this? Does this look good? And then we wait, you know, we have a synchronistic experience with this sort of experience and we wait. And so, you know, days of pre-COVID, you know, maybe somebody's at a meeting, but you're standing there, you know, anthropology waiting, and then you either walk away with nothing because you didn't get any feedback. Or, or you, you shop more, waiting for them to get back to you and end up buying too much. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then still then have to return everything, right? And that- You're still laughing, I know. There must be an easier way. There must be an easier way. And, <laughs> and the question then really comes down to those three pillars of sort of makes up the tent of does something look good? And is it right for me? But it's also, there's a number of different things that the AI needs to understand, which is the context of, well, 
this might look good, but it doesn't really look good for doing a podcast, you know, or going to the MEAs or, you know, working in New York, right? Because I am a woman who lives in the Bay Area and works in tech. And so what's appropriate for work is actually radically different than somebody who works in Florida and is not in tech and so forth, right? So context, geography, age, all of these things sort of make up what that sort of very complex question of what looks good. And so that's in essence what we are actually teaching the AI, but that AI is meant to learn on an individual level for the consumer who's using a free app, you know, learning your conscious and unconscious biases. Conscious bias is like everything that everybody else does, for example, on Amazon, which is if you buy something, then, you know, you must like this brand. So, you know, you love anthropology, you've posted a few pictures of anthropology, you like dresses, you post a few pictures of dresses, then that must be it, right? But it's the piece that's actually more interesting to us is the unconscious bias which is when you talk about fashion, about other people, and what's on other people, what are we able to tease out based on what your response is to other people on what your preferences might be unconsciously? And that mm. is actually where our AI gets more and more sophisticated than what we're seeing out there. And on a larger aggregate level, right, this becomes much more important because, of course, I live to serve other consumers like myself. Right. Because we built a technology for, you know, for ourselves in many ways as founders. Right. And so but on a larger aggregate level, the concern I have is what are we learning from an aggregate level from women about what they like and don't like? What looks mm -hmm. good and doesn't look good? What is the real sizing of women in the United States or in the world? And where are they sort of congregated? And what should people be retailing and what should people be manufacturing? Does right. Shalyn, does this AI, does Lookaloo apply to any and all retail sites online right now? Yes. So it's scalable and it's only available. Is this, okay, so I could go on. Can you, I know it's hard on a podcast, but can you maybe walk us through, is it a download, is it a software overlay? Tell us a little bit and walk us through how this works. So pick like, I don't know, Nordstrom's or, you know, pick your favorite retail shop and then kind of walk us through if you're online shopping Revolver or whatever, how this works. Sure. I'll walk you through sort of two journeys. One that's an experience of the average consumer and then one that's sort of the experience of a retailer manufacturer of clothing. So if we talk about a strict consumer, what they could do is go to an iOS store or go to the Android store, download the app and use a completely free application and then basically start right away. They fill out a, just a little bit of information. We never, and I mean never, because I'm a woman for God's sakes, ask people to give us their measurements. Because the reality is, is that I don't practically know any woman who has a you know soft tape measure anymore. <laughs> and like, and I'm going to lie to my teeth about what that size looks like because it just right. me to no end. Yeah, but most of a lot of sites have that it has size, you know, you know breast, yeah. height, weight, chest, I mean, sure. it has, and all that. It has the, all the measurements. And like, if you're being fitted for bras or Victoria's Secret, sure. it, I mean, they do ask for it, but you're sure. taking more of a softer, respectful approach to it is what I'm hearing. How is this? I think that it's one where we can arrive at that answer by asking a few simple questions that you know, which is, you know, we picked the top 50 top brands and we say, what size are you? you know, for your tops in this, you know, pick one of these 50 brands, tell us what size you are in this brand. And then what size are you in a dress in this brand? And what size are you, you know, in pants in these 50 brands? Just give us sort of like three sizes in these 
top 50 brands. And actually, that's a much more accurate measure for us because every one of these top 50 brands have a measurement of what a size eight looks like. And so by giving us three sets of data, it's basically giving us three shots, a bite of the apple to basically triangulating your body shape. And we have other capabilities to also sort of take the shape and take a look at what your body shape is and your size, right? So you give us that information, you give us a little information about your weight and then height, and then we sort of move on. Right. And so you start posting pictures and basically start getting feedback from people. So let's just say that, you know, you get a stitch fix box. And so plenty of women basically get these boxes, try things on and then decide whether or not they're going to keep a piece or not keep a piece. Right. And so um, instead of having to wait for your friends who may or may not be available and might be you know home tutoring their kids or like you know, going out for a jog, you get instant feedback from women all over the U.S. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you basically get a hang, which is keep it or toss, don't keep it, right? And so, but when women basically tell you, Sarah, to toss something, we ask them an additional question. Why? Why toss? And so they have the capability to basically check off boxes that are appropriate. It's not the right size. It's not the right body shape. It's not the right color. And then in our future versions, we'll let you sort of make a little bit of a comment, but we don't show any of the comments, right? We want to be respectful of other women. We don't want things that are rude and not helpful, but we find that actually potentially additional text may help us with additional data. Like it fits a little bit too tight on the hips, right? So we'll use natural language processing to basically parse out the important sort of keywords. We keep that and then we basically allow you to use this app to basically take pictures and take selfies of, you know, trying things on and then vote on other women all day long and give them feedback and be a kind member of the community to help. And then we take all of the aggregate data of like things that you've posted and things that you have voted on for other people. And then we start making what we call the daily five recommendation. And so those recommendations are not just random pieces of clothing from a catalog, but they're actually clothing that's on a woman with a similar body shape and size to you and that they've gotten very positive responses for. And so these are the five pieces that we think will look great on you. And you give us feedback to say like, yes, I think I really like this or no, I don't like this. And for things that you like, you actually have the capability to click through to buy. I think right. what you it's helpful. What you said, because I'm still back into, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you're saying, okay, what size sins of humanity genes do you do, right? And if you're uh-huh. saying, okay, I'm a size nine, then you know that they're always made to be very narrow and very straight. So a uh-huh. size eight or a size six in that is definitely not going to be the same fit and look in a size six in a, like in, paper gods or another type of genes. Absolutely. You guys, you guys definitely try to calculate that out, right? We calculate that out by, for example, saying that let's say that you gave us a size eight for the gap and the typical size eight at the gap for a top, let's just say is 36 and 29 and like 40, right? And the hips. And then you tell us what your, you know, you tell us that, you know, this is your size for Banana Republic and it's a size six. And so a size six in Banana Republic is typically X. And so basically what we get is three shots at looking at your three measurements, your three typical measurements, right? So if you just gave us one and quote unquote what you think your measurement is, we sometimes can miss the point and miss the mark, right? The truest way to actually manage that is to basically say that women are actually very, very different. And so 
by giving us three sets of data, we are able to actually better triangulate that data to something that's actually a closer correlation because what it yeah. can be is that the blend of those three numbers is actually not your straight 36, you know, 29, 40, but it's actually 36 and a half, you know, from a blended number. And so that gives us a better sense of then like, what does that size look like? And then we utilize our image recognition work and then basically start figuring out, hey, you told us when you first guessed it that your body shape that you're a triangle, right? And then, but tons of people are giving you feedback that this thing doesn't fit, right? Exactly. So are you really a triangle? And so we start then running your photos against other women who have said that they're triangles. And then our algorithm is now so good at predicting what women's body shapes are just based on three selfies that we're able to get about a 90% positive rate in terms of guessing your body shape correctly. And that we have not, this year guys are the first people we're really publicly sharing that with. And we're very excited about that. You know, I'm an old time sort of geek kind of girl. Don't want to share good data until we get something that's, you know, a serious positive, right? And so you can bet that we're also looking at not just using numerical sort of algorithms, but also looking at using the photos to help us sort of figure out, you know, in combination, we're getting closer to your sizing. Because the key here is from the women and consumer perspective is that we're kind of constantly make recommendations and, you know, and clothing and brands that basically takes you out of like your usual comfort, right? Because one of the things that is really challenging for women when it comes to shopping online is that because sizes vary so much from brand to brand, you know, we feel comfort with basically going and shopping the brands that we like, right? Right. And it takes away that level of serendipity and fun and, you know, the beauty of discovering a new brand because we're kind of afraid to order online and guess it wrong and go through that horrible process of having to return everything and blah, 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 right? And the reality, too, is that if I had to take the journey from a retailer perspective, they hate that when we buy things and then, you know, can't decide whether or not to keep it because it's just a little too tight on my hips. But I don't know. And so I'll hold on to it for like 50 days. I'm just like, oh, what the hell? And then I finally get myself, you know, to the post office and return it to them. But then we're about basically 60 to 70 days into the sell cycle of that piece of clothing. Right. That's fairly crucial for a retailer from a business perspective because clothing, you know, I always tell people, because typically men who are investors, that clothing is like produce, except that they have a 90 day shelf life, right? This isn't right. a cell phone that we're selling. This isn't like, if this is trendy now, it's not going to come back next season because next season's cold, right? And it's not going to come back next year because hello, this trend is over, right? So mm-hmm. if your 90 days are up, your 90 days are up. And so that impact is astronomical when it comes to apparel retail and manufacturing. More than $250 billion of clothing are returned every year. It's about 50 to 80% of all clothing are returned, which means that literally if I was buying clothing on Amazon, it's equivalent for easy math of handing Amazon $100 and they could taste it, they could feel it, they actually have it in their hands and they're rubbing it. And then we go back and yank it out of their hands, $50 worth. Right. Mm-hmm. And so from the PL perspective, it's very, very challenging. And what's even worse for all of us who care about this is that there's about five billion tons of waste that comes out of apparel like returns, which means mm-hmm. that these clothing get junked and they get burned. You know, Hermes will torch five million dollars worth of clothing because it's not I cannot saw go down. That article where exactly. they burn at the end of every season or year, they burn mm-hmm. billions of dollars. 
because it's just for people who are knocking stuff off, stealing their designs. They want nobody to have any of their items or products that haven't been sold. I thought that was a little extreme, but I mean, you know, I don't run retail, but I was just amazing. But it's a brand integrity issue and they can't bring it back and they don't want to go downstream because it ruins integrity of the brand. But the question then becomes for these retailers and manufacturers, how do you know? How do you really know you're manufacturing things that people want and their body shape and all of that? And so what they're able to do is so much of like fashion is subjective and taste driven. We've all seen that movie, you know, Devil Wears Prada. These top designers sort of drive the trend. A lot of it is subjective. And we've known retailers who have just wafted. No matter how brilliant that their director or creatives are. And however, like people they've managed to follow, I know that we've seen like multiple seasons at the gap where they just completely effing failed. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like a lot of online else. people, though, are shortening their return cycle. I think it's also because they were fighting to figure out mm-hmm. how to sell and what to do during COVID. Because we've been we were shut down since March. These on the West Coast opened up retail riot, shut down, opened up. Now we're open, I think, for good. Where you know limited people in stores, but a lot of the um, returns you can no longer get a credit back on your credit card or original form of payment. They're now yep. saying you can only do store credit or exchange. You have yep. 15, 30, yeah. they're shortening that cycle, that sales cycle for them as well. Yes, And it's because exactly of what we're talking about, which is that this basically has a tremendous impact on retailers, not just online, but as well as physical. And it's even much more monumentally a challenge now because finding the right fit of clothing has always been difficult. And so that we actually all shopped more in, in a physical store environment. But since 2019, we have gone through, like basically apparel was the last standing industry for physical retail. You saw like Circuit City and Best Buy and some of these suffer through because it's super easy to buy basically hardware, software, all this kind of stuff, you know, online, right? Right. But clothing was a sort of bit of a last holdout because you had to try things on. But now with COVID, you can't try things on. And so what had been a trend for millennials and Gen Z moving to doing more and more online apparel shopping is now basically 5X'd. And the question always comes down to when people ask me, like, well, what's happening with a technology like this? You know, I mean, this is a horrible technology for a time of COVID. I'm like, no. In fact, this technology is even more relevant than ever because, look, nobody can try on clothing in a physical retail environment anymore. So that means that we have got to basically get things shipped to us. And we've got to figure out as best as we can as a community to have other people who have tried on clothing as, let's just say, sort of a doppelganger of a sort who have tried that piece of clothing on for us to make the better guess. Because exactly to your point, I can't return this as quickly as I used to because retailers are suffering. So they don't want to take any returns. They don't want to hold on to 180 days and then having to junk it, right? And so in this particular environment, it's even more imperative for me to be able to sort of be able to try on a piece of clothing, even if it's not me physically, but I have to see this other person wear it. And I know that 80% of the people thought that she looked fabulous. So my chances is very good because I have the same body shape. I have similar size, you know, and other 80% of the people think it looks great. So the chances are that I'm going to look good in that is highly more probable. And that data is something that we could actually then license to the retailers so that when you go there, you can see that this dress 
Women who are circle shape have a 60% chance of success. Women who are triangle shape has 2% chance of success with this. And so you don't even bother to show basically if you're a triangle shape to even try. You can look at it. You could click on and see other women who are triangle shape who've tried it and look positive in it. But you at least then could see it on real women. And you could have actual what we call look confidence rating data on whether or not it's look good on your body shape. And for us, we think that this is a value to the consumer from a consumer journey perspective, as well as a value to the retailers and manufacturers. I really appreciate this process because we all know that there is different body shapes. It's not just a matter of adding fabric volume, adding extra inches, right? We all give and pull on our fabric in different places. And it really takes the fun out of shopping if you can't find something that fits and makes you feel good. Do you think, and you mentioned it earlier though, there there is a risk of taking the fun out of shopping in that you're so efficiency focused that there's less exploration or what has your data shown? Yeah, so we think that in fact, this opportunity will provide people with sort of two streams, for lack of a better word, into sort of serendipity and trying new things. One is that the reality is, is that because we all stick to our brands, you know, we, I know that I love the Jackie Cardigan at J. Crew, and it typically, although they keep screwing this up, have the same shape and I'm usually the size. So it's a pretty good staple for me on a cardigan side. But I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't mind seeing how other sweaters and things could look like. And so by doing the daily five, it allows me to sort of explore brands and it basically feeds me brands that I've never maybe have thought of trying, but another woman mm. with a similar body shape has, right? It's very similar to that sort of serendipity you have when you're walking down the street and you see a woman with a very similar body and build to you and she looks fabulous. And you're always right. wanting to say like, oh my God, she looks great. And that dress is so awesome. Like, where does she buy it? Do I dare to stop her on the street and say, can you tell me where you bought that? Right. <laughs> and so we take that sort of guesswork out of it, one. And the second is this concept of, you know, the challenge of basically direct-to-consumer brands today, right? And the way that we structured physical retail is that, you know, new brands have been cropping up. It's one of the most wonderful things about the internet, which is that it's very hard to sell clothing and an apparel business to basically sell to, let's say, a Nordstrom's or a Lord & Taylor, right? Because you actually have to be able to have the capacity to convince them that this is really you're a great designer. And then you have to manufacture to a certain degree so that you could actually fulfill basically sure. a distribution network. And so this is why, you know, direct-to-consumer brands have most recently, because they've been able to go online, be able to do it at a small, more artisanal sort of volume, right? So if there is like 60 women who, you know, are a no shape kind of straight up and down girl like me, like there is a brand that fits people like us, right? And so thank God they can manufacture. They don't only have to make 60, but how do I discover these people? Because one of the issues of discoverability on the internet's always been like, what's the search engine? And then like, what's the validation that these things look good? I mean, I could go on Amazon and look at binoculars, which which I know nothing about and kind of go, yeah, like, okay, well, there's four stars in this one, but it came from five people, but there's like a thousand stars, you know, you know, four stars, right. a thousand people on this one. So what this does is that it gives you a validation and credence to basically direct-to-consumer brands and basically allows direct-to-consumer brands to have a platform to be discovered because nice. they could actually have the clothing modeled on a number of different women. And that's a wonderful way to basically find serendipity into, you know, sneaking those things into your wardrobe so that, like me, you know, you kind of always stick to, I love J. Crew, but, you know, 
what if they go away for God's sakes? This makes me very nervous. So, and with a higher probability of satisfaction, it sounds like. So yeah, absolutely. It's a very nice algorithm of taking the numbers, the math and science of clothing, and then blending it with art and personal taste. Yeah, it's a very cool concept. I'm excited too. When can we hope to have this sort of product? Yeah, we're in a very, very early, early stage alpha for the app and then the service. And I also want to point out one thing, which is there's, it's not that people don't care about our size or body shape. I mean, you know, male tech companies will profess to you all day long that they care about your body shape, right? So mm-hmm. the body shop was acquired by Amazon and, you know, they're scanning people. They have like, you know, two or 300 volunteers scanning their bodies. And there's tons of companies that want you to go and have your body scanned and they'll find you the right clothing. And so my question to you is always like, in the world that we live in today, what woman wants to stand naked or like half naked or in your underwear, get scanned, have that photo be put up into a server where lots of engineers work and could potentially look at my half naked picture and then basically help figure that out versus conveniently as a marketer, I think, why should I be changing that behavior? What woman wants to stand naked somewhere and get scanned versus what women do every day today, which is basically you take a selfie in clothes and send it to my friend and know that no weirdo like person is going to see my half naked picture accidentally in some kind of breach, technology breach, right? So they can see Mm -hmm. me in a beautiful dress. That's okay. And so I think that what you're talking about in terms of like trying to mirror like taste and like math, it's a little bit of also trying to mirror what women's needs are to basically where technology could actually help. But we haven't had as many people start those companies because there's less of us women entrepreneurs out in the marketplace. So let me ask you a question. Isn't there, like you, you made a comment about kind communities and we all know how vicious people, women could get. Talk to us about the social media platform on this. I mean, do you guys have guidelines? So, hey, if you're part of the looky Loo community, be kind or get banned, you know, say nice things or get blocked. I mean, do you have anything set up so women have an extra they feel a little bit more secure about doing this? Sure, absolutely. And so the way that from day one, we've actually created a, the platform is because I'm a woman. And so it doesn't matter if you're a super skinny girl, if you're a girl with more curves, like, you know, everybody gets criticized one way or the other, right? You have no shape, you have too much shape. And so from day one, we created the system so that when you vote, what you're doing is basically saying, hang or toss, right? Only when you tell people to toss, do we actually ask more. We started out actually just pre-formulating sort of answers in a kind way, which is, this is not the right fit for you. This is not the right color for you. And this is not right for your body shape. And this is not the right occasion for, you know, wearing to work, right? Very sort of mutual sort of feedback. And you just check off boxes, One, because people want to move fast and want to give feedback fast, right? It's kind of like Tinder. You want to swipe fast. You want to give feedback. You want to see more outfits. You want to move faster, right? So that was creative so that people could check out more outfits faster in one way. But the other was to ensure that basically people aren't mouthing off to each other in different ways. But what we also found is that people really, ironically, when we did our first very, I want to call it pre-alpha version, the women were so extraordinarily kind to each other. What they wanted to oh. say was like, you know, this was just a little bit tighter across your breast. You know, if you wanted to try something, it's showing a little gap. Like you might want to look at going up the size and like tailoring it down. 
right? And so they're actually, what they wanted to do was to give more feedback and solutions to other women. You know, some just want to go through and look at outfits fast and give feedback fast, but there are women who just had wonderful, helpful things that they wanted to say. And so what we decided to do was actually in the next version is to include actually a text box. And we will not be showing those comments to the users. And we would basically gather them and then basically go through the feedback using NLP and pick basically the words that we think are the words that are helpful, which is, you know, either too tight on chest or like, you know, whatever that is much more neutral. That's our goal is our goal is to basically create a a community where good or bad, like we actually have some sort of control because it can get very ugly very fast. And this is not just a woman thing, but just across every social platform. And what we don't want to do for something that is so sensitive, which is the way we look, right? To be a place where people are going to be bullied. And so if people don't want to be part of this community and want to just basically look at selfies and trash people all day long, then we're not the right community for them. Running out of time here, but I have a few questions for you. Is this a free app on download? Yes. Or is it okay? And then where are you at with your funding and where is your monetization with Loki Lou? Sure. So let me sort of address the question of monetization first. Our apps absolutely free to women. At the end of the day, we're an AI social commerce platform. So we're we run on people and their participation. And so we look at monetization through basically selling the SaaS platform technology to the retailers and the manufacturers of data and, and, and APIs to the manufacturers and retailers. And then in the long run, we make a percentage of the transactions that happen on the platform. And what we hope to do is actually as we emerge onto doing more and more people on the platform, what we want to do is actually some women could become, for lack of a better word, micro-influencers. You know, I may be the micro-influencer for women who have no hips. Sad but true. I live with that. (laughs) But I may be the go-to girl for girls with no hips. And so, but so those ladies will come to me and maybe I am the right person who will be demonstrating new brands. And so if, you know, our platform is able to help this brand that tailors clothing to this particular size and body shape or beautiful clothing, or if she sells, you know, people buy from the link from her sort of posts, then we want to basically be able to credit this woman back for that Mm -hmm. as well. And so to create basically a platform where not only do we as a platform and the retailers and the manufacturers benefit, but the actual women who basically are showing off how beautiful they are. It doesn't matter what body shape, size, or shade they are. They're gorgeous and flaunting their beauty and sharing it with everybody that they actually also benefit from that as well. So we have been very fortunate to take a very small angel round Um, We didn't feel like we needed that much. So took a very small angel round from two amazing, amazing angel investors. And then what we're going to be looking to do as we are going through the very last of our journey with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, hopefully to obtain our patents soon, is going out to hopefully raise another round. So for those folks who may or may not be listening on the VC side, looking to invest in a pre-seed company, we are going to be looking um, very shortly. We're so funny because when we were talking, you know, about the communities and everything and toss or keep, have you done a Zoom looky-loo party where you're inviting the community, your friends, everybody, (laughs) and everybody can say, okay, yes, no, and on the side chat, toss it, 
no, no, give it to me if you don't want it because I can fit into that. Have you ever done one of those and decided to do a community exchange for if I'm going to toss it, but one of my friends wants it, I'd rather give it to them than just throw it out. I mean, have you ever thought about doing that? I don't know why I thought of this, Shailen. You know what? That sounds like a fabulous idea. And this may be, I might be stealing that idea and crediting you that. No, it's okay. I'm going to get the credit for, you know. Yeah, we actually have well, some. I, I, some. I just downloaded some... the app. So make sure I get invited to that, Sarah. Oh. I, definitely, because I think I want to a looky-loo event for Shailen where we just get the communities together and then I could just... Yay or nay. And then if you're like, no, but like if when <laughs> my runway shoes, I could just make sure whoever has the same size foot and wears the same shoes. And then we could just exchange. We just throw so much stuff out. I mean, I try mm-hmm. to donate, but like I have like, this is really, it's not clothes, but I probably have thousands and thousands of dollars of jewelry because jewelry is expensive, whether it's a real diamond or beautiful, you know, fancy one you get at Nordstrom's that's a CZ or Swarovski, it's still expensive. So I make all my friends go through my jewelry. Take what you want because I've got to get rid of it. But Shailen, we need to do a Zoom looky-loo party. Yeah, so it's funny you say that because I literally was in discussions with one of my co-founders about doing something that is very exciting and interesting, um, both around sort of apparel um, as well as sort of cosmetics that is closer to sort of a video and live stream experience. Maybe not a party party per se, but everyone could join the party while somebody is sharing her bounty of awesome things or something that she in particular is passionate about. And so, again, we need this funding for us to basically launch some of these amazing features we have in mind. I could tell you that features that we're thinking about have been extremely popular in China. And so we are eager to launch it here because we think that women would love it here. And we just basically need to raise that round to build out the tech. So... Perfect. So for anybody who's listening, who wants to download or needs information, where can they find you and Looky Loo? Yeah. So you can find us at Looky Loo, L-O-O-K-Y-L-O-O.ai. And yeah, and you can find us on all the social media. Hello, Looky Loo. Are you, and you're available on iOS and Android? Yes, we are in a super early alpha. And so for those folks who want to go through the growing pains with us, we would welcome the opportunity. We are absolutely looking for influencers who are between the ages of 17 to 30. College students who are looking to share their fashion advice with people, we're actually looking for our first influencers. So, Perfect. So all you influencers and clothing and shoe people, Go back to Looky Lou. Shailen, thank you so much for taking the time to explain all of this with us and chat with us. We will definitely keep us posted. We always want to know what's going on. Let all of us know on the fashion. And then we will catch up with you soon. Uh, this is Sarah Miller with Access Entertainment and Media Mavens. I want to thank you, Shailen. And thank you, Michelle, for a wonderful retail hour on Media Maven podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, Shailen. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Media Mavens podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or you want to find past episodes, subscribe to the Media Mavens podcast on your favorite podcast provider. For more information, go to MediaMavensPodcast.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.